podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello and welcome to part one of two FIFA 20 gameplay specials. And on this podcast, we have two legends of the FIFA gameplay community, two excellent players who've played a recent build of FIFA 20. So they'll be discussing their hopes for FIFA 20 and the problems with FIFA 19, concerns around the new dribbling mechanics, how dribbling works, what are the ball physics like, and also that controversial change to skill moves. I'm your host, Ben, and you'll hear all that and more in this week's Foot Weekly podcast, brought to you by Foothead and our patrons. I've assembled a crack team of FIFA gameplay experts, both of whom have played builds of FIFA 20. Uh, One of those people might be familiar with for having the best tweets in the game, Italian Stallion, aka Valerio. Great hey, thanks. On. Thanks. Sorry, Stallion Summer now. Yeah, that's that's the handle. Obviously, Italian Stallion would be nice yeah. to have it, but it was suspended many moons ago. But thanks for the interest. Nice to be here for the first time. Is this actually your first time on the Foot Weekly? It podcast? is because the one time you know back when uh, I represented Foot FM before we disbanded, you know Goran and Nelly came on, but that day I was I couldn't come on. Yeah, but we, but I came on for FM, so I have been on a podcast yeah. with you yeah, before. Yeah. Right, you were there, and we also have pleased to say Ivan aka Nightwatch Ivan great to have you on the podcast thanks for having me thanks for having me Ivan your what what, what are your what are some of your achievements if you're going to sell yourself to someone this year what have you managed to do I mean I think my biggest achievement this year is coming first in a long line of losers in the Champions League wow so that was fun that's I mean Um, (laughs) but yeah generally FIFA 19 despite being and we'll come to this, the worst game for me in terms of like FIFA iterations. It's been the most successful for me. But I think it's just because year on year, I just improve on my mental like part of the game, which I struggle with to this day because this game drives me bonkers. But every year, I just keep getting better and better in terms of FIFA-wise. And yeah, hopefully that goes on next year. And let's just start us off with a little bit of context. We haven't had either of you on the podcast before. I know Valerio, I've had I've heard you talk a few times about the sort of past FIFAs and and how they've stacked up. What do you think has been the best FIFA so far, and and why is that? Just just briefly. For me, uh, I mean, it's tough because we all have. Uh, I think it's important to dis- as a disclaimer to just uh, make it clear that we all have you know our own measurements. Someone's best FIFA will depend on what they like. Like you said, gameplay driven player that I am as is Ivan. Uh, I my favorite FIFA will have little to do with content, more to do with gameplay. I think for me the golden days, like purely golden days, when I just thought gameplay was the best f- relative to its time for me was like FIFA 10 to 12. Those three games for me were my favorite. Obviously, if you play it now, it's not you know ahead of its time anymore. It's behind, right? But um, after that, it gets in the modern era. My favorite one. Uh, would probably be FIFA 17, even though it had so, so many issues. I think it's just my favorite because there were few 
very few factors that were had a good balance to it. A lot of issues, but the factors that I value were had a good balance to it, and I thought it had the potential to become uh, a very, very good game in FIFA 18. Uh, I can I can believe that. And Nightwatch, what about you? Do you have a particular gameplay favorite FIFA game, if you like? Well, I'm I'm more of a like the new kid on the block in terms of FIFA because mm-hmm. whenever I hear that question around me, people are like, "Yeah, FIFA 10, FIFA 12, FIFA 14." I've, I discovered FIFA. It was FIFA World, which was like the free online version of FIFA, like between FIFA 14 and 15. Mm. So the first FIFA I played was FIFA 15 on PC. Safe to say back then I didn't understand much. So FIFA 16, towards the end of the year, I I bought a console. So realistically, FIFA 17 was my like first year. Mm. Um, Although I was pretty good on 16, and I think that was my favorite game in terms of, for me, skill gap. Because for me, skill gap on 16... Even though back then I wasn't nearly as good, I think that was the most skilled game compared to... I mean, the, the new games still have skill in their own way, but like the skills in the wrong places. In terms of like football knowledge and just like combined with mechanics and just like knowing the game, but as well knowing football, I think it was FIFA 16 for me personally. But FIFA 16, I mean, you didn't have things like foot jabs, did you? So how, how, do you know, how can you say there was a skill gap? Like, yeah, know, exactly, exactly, and that's what I would, mm. I've been thinking. Like, if there was foot chance, that would be amazing. Mm. Um, but back then, first of all, obviously tournaments back home, which isn't really a criteria because Bulgaria doesn't have that many players. But as well, like the Gfinity Cups back in the day, mm. where all the pros used to play. That's when I used to play a lot. Obviously, nobody knew me back then, and I was doing good, especially for someone who's absolutely unknown. Has a very bad team on Ultimate Team and stuff, and I was playing some good FIFA against some top, top players. And that's without spending near, near enough or near as much time as on the, the, the next FIFAs. Mm. So I think if on that game there was like competitive that I understood, foot chaps and stuff, I think it would be a better showing, better proof of my argument. Mm. And, and bring it sort of up to date, uh, Valerio, why don't I come to you first then? Three things that are really the fundamental flaws in FIFA 19 that you're kind of looking at FIFA 20 to to do much better in? Okay, yeah. I mean, three things. Off the top of my head, I know one for sure. Is it would passing? Be, uh, hmm. just, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be passing and just... But more than passing, it's it's a dynamic between passing assistance and at the on the other side of the coin it'd be uh just the way the ball magnetizes the trajectories and the ability of uh defenders to intercept balls you know that they otherwise should easily get intercepted because um it, it completely kills pressing i think it's one of the aspects of the game that has so many so much impact on so many areas mm. of the game uh that that'd be like by far the number one for two and three, I'd probably number two. Uh, I would definitely add shooting. Shooting, I think this year is probably the, I guess the easiest thing to pinpoint as an issue in terms of what shots go in, what shots don't go in, the body positioning, and um, I guess number three is just the an abstract. They're all pretty abstract concepts, but number three, the abstract concept of decision making, which kind of intertwines with point one, point two, and just uh, bringing back small little intricacies intricacies that made the difference between like a great player and the best players Mm. right because uh if if you're a great player 
you know, you're going to score a lot of goals and you're going to get a lot of opportunities. But if you're the best player, you're going to score every single opportunity. And the way you score those opportunities is that uh, uh, for that to be possible, the game needs to have that little bit of extra skill in the last second. So what I mean is you might have, uh, you know, just come across the byline you cut inside and you're about to do a sweaty I don't know, driven cross across the box. And 99% of people were just first time shoot that pass when it gets to the striker. The best player will also, you know, first time shoot sometimes. Maybe he'll take a touch if he needs it. But the difference is that he's always going to shoot in the correct side, right? Mm. Right now, it doesn't matter where you shoot. The ball will still go through somebody and still go in. And so if it, if we go back for, this is just an example where those types of shots stop going in if you shoot where it's blocked then i think you add that little extra element of skill of course there'll be much more backlash because more people would miss those opportunities than they would score so a lot of people would start screaming you know ai block mm. but i think uh yeah i see what you mean it's, it's the small margins you know, if, isn't it? yeah. if the guy's in the way it's like the small like the little cherry on top of the cake used to be you've now created your opportunity now you have to in that split moment you have to decide which side to shoot on and it's just a such a small aspect of the game that used to make a much bigger mm. difference yeah yeah no, totally agree so ivan what are the things for you that you most want to see changing for fifa 20 well the thing is like i'm also i wouldn't say biased but like this is kind of my opinion if you had asked me that a couple of months ago maybe it would be a different answer but now because i've also played fifa 20 mm-hmm. i kind of know what's changed and like what's important to the game in general so i thought about it when you asked Stanley, the question, and although I agree with passing, it's on my top four, but I don't know if it's like in my top three. For me, first thing that has to change is like finishing, obviously, because finishing this year has been dreadful. We mm. can all agree on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he mentioned shooting, but like I would go like further, like finishing, because when you create a chance, especially on this game, it's you're not even sure you're going to score, which is also related kind of to goalkeeper movement and like shot accuracy and stuff which is all better for, for 20 from what I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, AI defending is another thing. And I guess you can combine point two and three because I was going to say like tackling, which is manual defending. So if we put defending in general, um, less AI defending and reward more manual defending. For me, that's important because like I personally manually defend. I don't have the patience to AI defend. I don't find it interesting. I don't find it skilled. Mm. So... I mean, everybody AI defends to some extent with AI blocks and stuff, but the more you can manually defend, the better it is, in my opinion, generally speaking, because FIFA 19 is not always the case. So defending, and I guess number three, as I've put tackling as in manual and AI defending in one, number three would be passing. And that means, again, less assisted passing for, for my opponent or like for me in some cases, and which would mean interceptions would be better on the defensive end so it's kind of all related to each other Mm. so in terms of passing yeah just assist the pass is less for me and my opponent because that punishes me when i want to do a pass in the game does another one and it rewards for example bad passes by uh, correcting them whereas the player doesn't want to do that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no no I think I think all six of those points are, are very good. There's not much else for me to add. I mean, there are the obvious things which need fixing, which are just blindingly obvious, like volleys yeah. being too accurate, yeah. whether it's that's crossing or shooting. Or there's uh, there's there's a lot of stuff to discuss because we're going to now look at uh, this quite extensive pitch note that EA have put out about FIFA 20, and also 
sort of gameplay features article as well, which is more for your average FIFA punter, I guess. But it also the, the the fact that you guys have both played the game means that we'll get some some extra insights for sure beyond what we have in uh, this pitch note and uh, in the features article. So let's start off with well, the way that I guess the, the sort of features article has laid it out on the ball factors. Did you notice, Ivan, any differences with the ball at your feet? What were the kind of key things that people are going to notice when they pick up the game um, for the first time? I think that was the most difficult thing to like pinpoint because of a few factors. First of all, you're playing a new game, so you don't know what the normal feel of the game is. So you don't know if that a player dribbles better than others or like worse than others because you don't have a general feel of the game to start with. Second of all, we were playing head-to-head. So obviously, if you play with Neymar on head-to-head and with Neymar on Ultimate Team, it's going to feel different, right? So that's also like a factor. And third of all, the the most noticeable thing like on the ball was definitely I guess the new dribble, quote unquote crab walk. Oh yeah, yeah. As I think that's the most noticeable one. It's gonna it's you feel your player dribbling very well doing the yeah that close dribble. So so for people um, who don't know, I should probably say because there are going to be some people who are wondering oh, yeah, what the, the crab dribble is. But basically, in FIFA 17, you could move yourself backwards um, while facing forwards. And you kind of shuffle yourself around, and you, it wasn't that you could just go backwards; you could also go to the sides as well. And it was, it was quite unpleasant to play against, right, Valerio? Oh yeah, it was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> I mean, three hundred sixty degrees of movement, and it, it, it was uh, pretty much the best way to bait mm. someone out. And and, it, and basically, the strafe dribble, which is where you pull the ball back, it looks quite similar, and will probably it feels like have a similar impact. I wonder, this is something I imagine was probably introduced partly because of Volta, right? Because I was just thinking in those kind of tight arenas, it's probably a mechanic that they kind of needed to introduce. But I guess it's one of those things where, right, where this is something you might see in the real game, right? People people do it. But what makes this sort of feel too effective? Bolassi has done a Bolassi fling, flick like once in his career. Mm. So like you see that stuff in real life, but it doesn't mean like it should be that effective in the game, right? Mm. I think like this year... I mean, I haven't tested 17 or 18 or any editions of FIFA until this one, but the feeling I have this year compared to what I've seen and heard in previous years, especially with the kind of with the inception case of him not wanting to go back, but him going back and having his opinion changed, is they're actually like trying much more this year in terms of listening to feedback. Mm. Um, and you can see that while giving feedback. I don't know how it was with um, Stalin when he tested it, but when I tested it and with other players... The feedback we gave, obviously, everybody everybody had like time to give feedback at sessions. Mm-hmm. But also, while we were playtesting, the game devs were next to us, and when, whenever we saw something, and we either clipped it or wanted to show them, they were they were there, they were watching, they were making videos of it. And if we said like this is too overpowered, this is not good enough, they were making notes. And I feel like they will change a lot of the stuff we mentioned that are either too broken or too inconsistent or whatever the issue may be mm-hmm. how long it's going to take them to do that if it's going to be upon release or after the first patch which usually comes day one and it's kind of a relative like to feedback of the first couple of days because the first real patch that is addressed that addresses the feedback is basically the second patch in a way that comes like a month in mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so i feel they've done better in terms of listening and that the intentions are there 
it's all about implementation, I think. Yeah, that's true. But I, in fact, talking about the feedback process, Valerio, I think it'd be interesting to get your take on this, but there's a slight misconception in terms of people thinking that EA were never listening to people who were good at the game like you, Valerio. They actually were. I just think that maybe there wasn't enough time spent gathering feedback from different people. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think uh, there's a huge... A lot of people throw around a lot of misconceptions. Um, I think uh, they've always listened. It's just like uh, Ivan said, a huge aspect of anything in life, let alone FIFA, is execution, right? Execution is it's pretty much everything. You can have any game plan, any intention you want, but how you execute it will make all the difference at the end of the day. And, um, you know, we had uh, EA make a statement. I, rem- I don't remember exactly how long ago when they, had, they mentioned about a secret sort of... Um, feedback session with pros so you know if you hear that right who's to say they didn't have that in fifa 17 as well and fifa 18 as well in fifa 19 as well you know i'm sure they've always had sort of secret sessions with select few trusted Mm. pros uh throughout the years and it's just people also have to consider things like uh i mean I'm, i'm a firm believer that the current setup puts a lot of stress on the devs because they're making a new game every year and it's always the same team yeah, doing that and so already yeah. from the get-go you don't have a lot of time mm. but people forget that fifa 18 really i think in my opinion really really put the devs under stress because what happened in fifa 18 right we had the world cup mode and it was the one year every four years when that mode probably took away such a big chunk of time that the otherwise would have had to work on 19 and i think uh that's one of many factors mm. to why uh, FIFA 19 was a letdown in so many areas. And I think when people start and say, oh, they weren't listening, oh, uh, they needed more pros this year compared to last year, I think that's just people trying to make a very complex process in a simple manner, right? You're just trying to pinpoint one factor as to why things didn't you know, get to where you would want it to be. But there's so much going on behind the scenes that most of us can't even sort of... Yeah, and, and I've been actually, there's an interesting thing here which is that i happened to be playing earlier this week in bateson's fifa masters tournament and i drafted in these two pros quite young guys i think they're about uh, they're both about 17 extremely good fifa players uh well actually one of them's technically a pro whereas the other one's um verified is sort of very up and coming great guys and basically they were saying that they were very glad that you got to try the game out because if anyone can find exploits um, <laughs> in the game or, or problems with the game, it would be you. And, and they said that there was some test thing or that you went somewhere and did 100 uh, El Tornado crosses in a row or something like that. Is, is, this, a, is this a FIFA myth or is that well, true? I can't... Well, there's this reputation about me that I'm like the exploiter and the biggest glitcher, <laughs> which makes me sound like the, the evil person in the scene that just discovers all this. But like, there's two sides to it. Um, first of all, I think like I just grind the game so so mm. much in terms of watching the game online and in terms of like playing myself. Mm. So whatever exploit or like anomaly I see, I'm like, oh, this could be game breaking because after all, I'm playing at events, I'm playing at tournaments, and the skill gap this year especially is is there, but at the wrong places. It's kind of like who can discover this mechanic first, who can like perfect perfect it who can exploit this best, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Like you can do the most, like the most beautiful passing plays you want, but like when the AI blocks it time after time, you're going to be like, yeah, why bother when I can just turn it across, right? Mm-mm-mm. So this year I've spent a lot of hours against the AI um, discovering different glitches and exploits, be it a goal kick glitch, a kickoff glitch, some volleys, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, I'm not sure when this podcast will come out, but... There might be a surprise in store for 
a part of the community in the coming weeks. There is more to come from for myself and my exploits in FIFA 19, but <laughs> it has like it's positive in terms of because some of these this, these exploits unrelated to Flake Ups, etc., exist also in previous titles, right? For example, there's this one kickoff I do that existed in FIFA 18 as well. Mm. I told them back then, but like back then I was kind of nobody about this kickoff glitch, and I mean it goes under the radar because it's not popular enough. Mm. But now they know this is an issue because I've showed them that it could still work on FIFA 20 with the ultimate team players and like just me getting used to mechanics. And they've, they've noted that and I think they'll do whatever they can to fix it, which mm. again, it's related to assisted passing. It's all interconnected. Mm. Uh, so all of these exploits, I mean, they're obviously not getting patched the same edition. Like they rarely are. Unless it's a first-time finesse shot for, from 30 yards out, etc. It gets kind of patched if literally everyone does it. But if it's just like a, a couple exploits that are not popular enough, they don't get patched. They just get patched on the next edition. Mm -hmm. Especially now when we don't get patches anymore. So all the things that I've known and I've noticed on FIFA 19, I've told the devs, like, this should not be happening. Like, as much as I enjoy seeing people's reactions when I score a tornado volley from 35 yards out, this should not be happening, right? So it obviously it's a very annoying to face, but like... Like some people in the competitive scene would say, like if it's in the game, it's available to everyone and you use it. But if it's for the general feeling of FIFA like as an enjoyable experience, it should definitely not be in the game. And all these different... Because we spend, like us pros in, in, in the FIFA 20 session, we spend some time in discovering if some stuff were broken, unrealistic, etc., etc. Because that's kind of what FIFA needs in terms of you don't want day one the game to come out and have a bicycle kick meta, right? Mm. So we spent some time in trying out different stuff to see if it still exists from FIFA 19, if there's different stuff that's OP. Obviously, we only have two days, so you cannot try everything. Mm. But some of the basics that we saw in FIFA 19 were not there anymore, at least on head-to-head, -head, right? Because chemistry is a big thing that factors in a lot of additional issues. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. I have to say, though, I think just one point on that is you're obviously not saying this, but I think we should clarify, and it's always good to do so, that there isn't a difference in gameplay as such between kickoff and ultimate team. It's just the fact that chemistry boosts stats quite significantly. So there are there are differences in the sort of, I guess, speed, particularly because people tend to apply pace-based chem styles, so players will feel faster. And the ability of players because of those stat boosts is important to know that. So although I know a lot of people are saying kickoff is not that relevant because it's not ultimate team i mean it, the gameplay basis is still the same right it, it is still a good indicator i think of of what gameplay will be like in the next game and actually getting back into the actual gameplay we were talking about before we mentioned about on the ball and dribbling one of the things that they're talking about is the changes to the ball physics um as being something noticeable did you notice that when you were dribbling or was that more kind of shooting and, and crossing and things like that I honestly didn't even really pay attention to it because back in back at the time I didn't know that was a feature, so I wasn't really paying attention to it. Mm. And that's more in terms of visual. Like on FIFA 19, you don't have like like a scenario where the ball bounces in a certain way. You're like, why does it bounce like this? It doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. It's more like the players and like the touches and stuff. Yeah. So that's not something I paid attention to. But maybe Stallion has a different experience. Personally, that's my opinion. Yeah, I think it makes sense because uh, even obviously as um as a top player, 
you know, when you're a top player, you kind of you're able to block out things that you think this is probably not a key variable. So you're kind of like you can ignore mm-hmm. it. But um, so, you know, just because it has no influence in your game, I think that's something that if you want to compete, you can do really well. So it makes sense. But uh, because personally, I wasn't li- really looking out for it, but it's definitely one of the first thing I noticed. Uh, it's for me a huge, huge difference. The way the ball looks, feels and bounces. It's so my first instinct and I didn't even know this was a feature, right? I went before the pitch notes uh, mm. were released so i literally played it raw without knowing what the new features were i've discovered strafe dribbling by myself i discovered that l2r2 wasn't there anymore by myself that no touch dribbling was removed and so the first thing just to show you how like impactful it was personally to me is i noticed wow the ball looks very different it's a lot the how i described it was it's a lot more bouncy right so there's a lot more visual RNG to it in the sense of where the balls go in. It feels like there's a lot more interaction between the ball and its surroundings, whether it's the pitch, the bounces, the dribble that you take. If you, for example, if you do an Elastico, you know, the, it was, I think the Elastico was probably maybe might be the most nerfed um, skill move maybe there with La Croqueta. But when you do an Elastico, the ball, when you exit, is so bouncy. It's actually <laughs> crazy. So it's really difficult to control it crossing passing uh especially low crosses you'll see the ball bounce a lot if you do like a a driven cross with your right bumper and the square button and so this kind of makes it it can make it tough i could see obviously it wasn't enough time but i could see in the long run with these extra bounces that you have with the ball and the trajectory you don't have as many sort of trajectories that you would never that you would take for granted because if the ball is now bouncing if you now shoot once the ball gets to you and it's bouncing i think we could see some new animations that we've never seen in terms of shots getting scuffed you see it in real life right sometimes uh you'll see a replay of someone missing a chance and then you notice that right before he shot it hit a patch and the ball sort of elevates and so he's now hitting the ball with his uh part of his ankle as opposed to the the inside Mm. of his boot right so i think uh yeah it's a very if you're not looking out for it you know definitely you won't notice but over time everyone's gonna everyone's gonna see it's the ball just looks completely completely different and interacts completely differently. yeah like now that you've talked about it in like in terms of skill moves like that's obviously noticeable like even regardless of training skill moves if you do one croquette or one elastico yeah in that case like the ball is bouncing i didn't kind of think of it in that way and with passing, with passing in the new physics of the ball, where the ball is kind of bouncy, just with regular passes, I guess, yeah, but because it was on the ball movement, I took it literally in terms of like dribbling. But if you just mean ball movement and in terms of like passing and skill moves, you can definitely see new physics, which makes, in theory, first time passing and first time shots less accurate. So you just have to play smart, just like take a touch and then pass. Mm. how it kind of should be if you want better success in passing and shooting. Um, and yeah, also it impacts obviously skill moves. If you do one skill move, it's going to be harder a bit to control the ball. And this combined with chain skill moves, um, it's kind of impossible to to do a, a skill run or like abuse skill moves. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about that actually because that's another on-the-ball aspect. A lot of people have come out as quite concerned about this change to skill moves and it's maybe interesting because perhaps not something that bothers pros so much i don't know because of how frustrating say 
I know Texas to play against with his chain skill moves and all that kind of stuff. But say let's pick out someone like Kazooie, for example, who is making yeah. skill run based videos basically for for, uh, years. for for years and years. And also, you know, you've got uh Europe Smith, R9 Rye. Yeah, there, there yeah. are loads of them. Um R9 Rye is a great example on the streaming side of things. So uh, these people are obviously going to be pretty concerned about this. Valerio, when you played it, did you feel like damn um, people are not going to be able to make skill montages anymore, basically. I think they definitely, the, you know, some decisions were made that maybe I wouldn't have gone as far. For example, I'm not a skill move uh, sort of guy in terms of doing runs or that, I, you know, I use my skill moves mm. when I need to. And where, I, but it's not like I'm going to do the runs and I'm just going to run with one player for 40 meters unless I'm just left stick dribbling. But so for me, it's not a problem. But at the same time, I never really thought you know don't allow this to happen my only problem with skill moves was essentially like la croqueta is uh unbearable and it's extremely obnoxious um i think my only problem with skill moves is that this year it sort of became i think if you compare it to sort of call of duty trick shot mm. right call of duty trick shotters i would be like the fifa equivalent but much less much less extreme would be like a fifa skiller like kazooie r9 rai whose content would revolve around creating those types of montages but the thing is in call of duty uh people who would do trick shots they the requirements the prerequisite to create that sort of content is like not only do you require skill to do it but um it requires an immense 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 amount of time because you know they are rare clips they as mm. it should be right so i never necessarily needed the chaining of skill moves so long it was one skill into a next one into a next one not the same one over and over to be nerfed i just think the frequency at which the success rate should have been uh nerfed but now i think they did kind of both right i think they they nerfed it maybe a little bit too much on each end in terms of your might you're gonna find it more difficult to chain a skill after the mm. next when that wasn't necessarily the problem so much as so that it was as effective to do that every play as it was to build up normally like you're playing actual football right so i think if you want to be uh you a skiller you should be entitled to do so my only problem is that it shouldn't be a viable tactic to actually like attack every single way every single time you get you know uh, into the opponent's mm. half it should be a really difficult thing yeah, to do. Yeah, you know? uh, Ivan, what, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you played the game more recently and, and you just mentioned there you thought you found it pretty impossible. Yeah, that's something like um, I have like my own opinion about it because obviously when I started playing FIFA on 15, 16, that's when like the first people I, I watched back then were Marius Yerpset and Kanzui, who used to skill. Mm. So I have kind of, when I played back then FIFA for fun still, I wouldn't say I was a skiller, but like I definitely used to do more skills than now. And um, I know it's a very fun aspect. And unless you chain Elasticos in the box or Croquetas anywhere in your opponent's third, skills are not OP. We're not we're not talking about Bolas and Tornadoes. Those are like that's a different kind of yeah, topic. yeah. That's a whole different thing. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But if you talk about the the normal skill moves, like none of them are OP unless it's the same one that you chain. You can maybe say the drag back is a bit OP, but then again, it's defendable. Croquetta feels like the least defendable, and then maybe Elastico, although Elastico is my personal favorite skill move. Um, I've noticed on 20 that more than one skill move, and you're slower and you lose control of the ball. So if you have an opponent close, it's, you, you've lost it. 
Um, but as like Stallion said, in terms of like things they've changed and they've nerfed, I think this year you have a few issues. The fact that skill moves are like chainable, like the same ones. The fact that you have a skill move like Croquetta being so OP, and the fact that you morph through your opponent's players, right? Like he can tackle you, but he, you either you get the ball back because of the 50-50 tackling animation or whatever it is, like the 50-50 getting triggered in that specific scenario after a tackle, which is an issue. And the fact that, yeah, just generally tackling is inconsistent. On 20, they fix tackling. So every time, from my personal experience, that you tackle, you get the ball. Second of all, they've, they've fixed Croquetta. So you cannot, first of all, you can't chain it, which is the third point. But Croquetta in itself, you cannot exit to the side. You can only exit forwards. And even the first time you exit, the ball is kind of not in your control that much. Mm. So they went to like three extremes to the three other extremes, right? There's no middle ground. And that obviously impacts, especially the chaining skill moves part, people whose content revolves around this or who are famous for that. Mm. Um, and as I said, chaining skill moves, unless it's the same and it's just like a broken skill move like Croquetta, it's not at all broken or overpowered, especially on the competitive level because if it's not like the Croquetta spam, you cannot go on a skill run against a pro, right? Mm-hmm. And like in any other game, if somebody does that against you and it takes skill, it should also take skill to defend. That means you're not that good at defending unless it's undefendably broken. Again, unless it's croquetta, that's not the case. So a middle ground for me would be keep the chaining skill moves for the same exact skill move. So elastico, elastico, croquetta, croquetta, drag back, drag back. But make it easier to chain different skill moves. So for example, now you get punished after two skill moves, right? be it the same or different ones. Make it so that the same skill move gets punished the same way it is now. So after the second attempt, you kind of, you kind of, you're kind of losing the ball. Mm. Whereas if they change it, a good middle ground would be make it less, make it so that after the third or fourth, maybe third would be, would be a good balance. After the third, maybe have a higher chance of losing the ball if they are different skill moves. So if somebody wants to do a, a drag back into a ball roll into a scoop turn, currently they can't. But that's not something that's incredibly overpowered, and it takes some sort of skill coordination, um, knowing where your opponent's players are, how he defends, etc., etc. And when you add the new improved tackling to it, you know that if you run into them and they tackle you, they will get the ball. So it's also, you risk a lot more by doing skill, skill moves into opponents. So you have to be sure that you're going to execute it properly, etc., etc. So there is a middle ground to be found. Um, I know some people like, who revolve their content around it are unhappy, and rightfully so. And I know that some pros do not agree with the fact that skill moves should be in the game. There's Volta, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. But I think a middle ground, considering the way I can imagine it being, the way I just said, does not sound at all broken or overpowered. It just makes sense, in my opinion. I think that would be okay, but it's up to the devs to see if that's a good balance and if that's realistically implementable. Yeah, it it does. It, yeah, I do think personally. You know, I am not anywhere close to being pro. I'm a decent player, but like, I've always really enjoyed doing skills, and I'm I spend a lot of time trying to do skill runs. But I mean, I don't successfully manage that many of them, and I play the game quite a bit, so. But obviously this year with La Croqueta and with some of the OP skill moves in the game, there's no doubt that you can 
abuse game mechanics and so that always needs to be looked at but as you say surely the same school twice would be a good way of preventing that from happening I guess what they might be thinking is well what if someone just slips in a ball roll or something you know to to uh to break the the chain and then you could go and do your lack of ketter afterwards but then you can again if it's possible to code it because I'm not going to pretend I, I know that much mm. if it's possible to code in the same chaining to not Sequence. have the same skill yeah, move. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. So have a croquetta ball or croquetta. It's going to register that you're doing the croquetta twice. So you're not going to be able to execute it. Mm-hmm. So if you could do that, I think, I mean, because you just mentioned a way to avoid like the system, right? To cheat the system. But if you can implement that in this way, it would make sense. And if they see that there's an exploit, they could patch it. That's true. So it's not like it's, it's for the whole year. And then also talking about the chaining system, do you know whether there's some kind of cooldown period and how long that is? Like, do you, can you dribble for a little bit and then execute it successfully again? Like, do you know how far you can go or how many touches you have to take? It's literally just dribble. It's like you can do a croquetta, take a touch downwards and do another croquetta. Obviously, the croquetta is not broken and that's not that good mm. of an example. But you can do a skill move, then take a touch and then do another skill move, which is a good balance because, again, you dribble in between. Mm-hmm. And again, if you get tackled, you lose the ball. So mm-hmm. I think that's fine. I mean, it doesn't look realistic if you just do a elastico in open space. But anyone can do that in real life. They just don't do it. So that's up to the player controlling the mm. foot items, right? So that's not an argument. You're saying when you, if you take a few touches between the skill moves, then they don't count as being chained? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, I mean, that sounds like, you know, you might not be able to do continuous skills, but you'd definitely be able to do a run of skills. Do you know what I mean still? Yeah, you, you could, you could. But again, how overpowered is no, no, yeah. chaining skill moves I completely agree. you I, can defend, right? I think that is a, a big risk to making FIFA less fun for a lot of people. So I totally agree with both of you on that. Right, so we're on the ball. We've um, maybe done some some dribbling, maybe done a few skills. The next thing we want to do is pass it. Valerio, let's come to you on this because this is one of your, <laughs> your big things. How successful is our pass going to be? And uh, and how does it feel compared to this year? Uh, obviously, it feels better. I told them I I was speaking to uh, when I was there. I was speaking mm-hmm. to Tom Tom Kalefi, and uh, you know me and Tom have had a lot of discussions on the matter. He's seen my stuff on it, so he knew that coming into it, it was like one of the biggest thing I would look at. And for sure, there's uh, there's a lot of improvements. For example, you know the li- the lifted pass oh, yeah, that the yeah. game decides. Sometimes you might do a ground pass and the ball. Yeah, that doesn't ever happen anymore. You'd have to. But they implemented a feature where you double press the pass button. You can do it both for the through ball and a ground pass. And once you double press that button, you just press it twice. Uh, you do a dink pass. The ball, it's basically the same thing, except the ball is now in the air, right? That's really nice. So I was, I, I knew, I knew that that ball had potential to be OP. I think it's pretty good, but I don't think it's as right now overpowered as I thought it was going to. I genuinely th- was terrified of this <laughs> feature. And I think uh, I think it will be OP, especially once we get into foot. But uh, I guess the good news is it's not. I, I genuinely thought it'd be on croquetta levels of broken. In head to head, it wasn't as like you could still intercept it because the big question is: okay, they've now added this sort of ding pass. Are the defenders going to have animations to stop it? Right? Uh, they do, and sometimes uh, you you kind of have positions in which if you do it, you kind of pretty much guarantee the ball going through as you should in some certain situations if you do the right thing. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see on foot how it plays mm. out. 
for the dink. But overall, I think passing was a little bit better for sure. The core of the passing complaints are pretty abstract issues that are kind of complex to sort of describe your voice. So I have a lot of clips mm. that I sort of talk about the scenarios because once I start talking about the nitty gritty of passing, you kind of delve into AI defender sort of behavior, how they magnetize or more so their lack of magnetizing towards the ball. And then in comparison, how the offensive player receiving the ball is much more active. So you end up in situations where uh, the game sort of creates trajectories for players that the player didn't even know existed. Right. And sort of that issue, I don't think it's solved. And I think, completely because to solve that you kind of you know uh, there's other factors that uh, there's so many factors that a lot of people might not consider for example in FIFA 17 and FIFA 18 we had the in custom tactics we had your defensive mentality your defensive line mentality you could choose between cover and offside trap having offside trap Mm. helped because your line would be flat now defenders keep tracking back tracking back so you create your AI inadvertently sort of puts you in a worse position uh, constantly because they keep tracking back so the gap between defenders and midfielders is always bigger 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 despite you not doing anything despite you having maybe a really high line uh, and so that creates more opportunities for these bad passes so because of other things that weren't addressed i don't think it was as uh sort of improved as much as i would have liked but overall you know because they also really really improved jockeying the uh, when you manually jockey and you're holding L2, we're closer to that feeling in FIFA 17 where you were really rapid with a manual mm. defender, which is fantastic. I was really happy with that. Uh, so that helps intercepting the balls. Therefore, that helps sort of inadvertently make it feel like passing is more rewarding and uh, it, it punishes you when you should be punished. And it rewards you when you did it fast enough, you know, to overcome someone mm. jockeying. But so yeah, I mean, to make it a long story short, I think it's better, but it, we're not we're not quite there yet. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, my my take on passing is related to assisted passing because, like in the settings, um, you have manual, semi, and assisted. And under assisted, there's a few things that describe assisted passing, and one of them is like avoids opponent players. And I've given that feedback, and obviously, I I don't think they will cater passing to like the 0.01% of competitive players and pros but like that's the way I feel at least tournaments and qualifiers should be so I told them if you want like more of a skill gap in terms of competitive you have to make passing a lot more manual especially since you've done defending more manual which is a very good thing Um, but you have to have a balance right so if you have manual defending you should also have manual well as manual as, as attacking as you can so if you remove the assisted passing or like some of the assistance in passing, that will be a good fix. Because right now there are some cases where no matter where you position your player, there's this one specific scenario like down the line with your fullback. No matter where you, you position your fullback, a full powered through ball will always go through, right? So scenarios like this is thanks to or because of the avoids opponent player aspect of passing. So let's say they remove that. It will be still assisted in your passing lane, like in your your player's run, where he runs like the direction he's running at. But if your opponent reads that, he will get the ball. It's not going to be... It's going to avoid your opponent no matter what. So that will be a a much bigger change in terms of passing. Still, in my opinion, passing is a bit too assisted for my liking. 
in terms of assistance and in terms of um, user input, which is most noticeable in narrow formations where people just first time pass left, right, and center. But the, the new animation of the bouncing ball maybe is going to help nerf that in a way. But again, with all the team of the year items or like with items with very high passing and stuff, how much is it going to impact them? That's what we have to see. And I think there's still more nerfing that can be done in terms of passing, just because you need more of a balance in terms of attacking and defending. Because if you make defending difficult, hence manual, or you do it and, and you do attacking easier in terms of assisted passing, then we also have kind of an imbalance and we have issues. Right, so at this point, we took a little break and we started again for the second half, but because of time restrictions and because I wanted to keep as much in of this recording as possible, I decided to split it over two weeks. So the next part of this gameplay special will be out next week, which actually works quite well. I'm volunteering for a charity who take kids from tough backgrounds out of London to get some country hair, try new things, have adventures. They really get a lot from it. And if you're interested in that charity at all, in volunteering, in donating, then I'll leave a link to the charity in the description of the podcast. Now, I know what you're thinking. Surely the second half of this podcast is going to be available to patrons only because normally we do a week on, week off for patron podcasts. But because I don't want to restrict this podcast and essentially bait people into becoming patrons, next week's podcast will be available to everyone and I'll be sure to make up that missed week come FIFA 20. So all that remains to be said is thank you very much for joining us this week come again next week do subscribe so you can get that podcast next week as soon as it comes out and finally a thank you for making this possible to foothead our patrons and our icon patrons alan m alistair anthony r chris g chris w dan w darren w dom gabe n hunter b johan b mark a martin m matt h matt l paul rob p roger dc sam m savage p Sean M and Tyler M. Catch you all next time. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network.